Okay, so hello everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of God is Good, God is Real. Our, I said that backwards. <laughs> um, God is Real, God is Good. So this is Kylie, and this week I'm interviewing a friend of mine, Nicholas Hold. Um, he's actually, him and I went to Mongolia together um, as missionaries for about three summers ago in, what was it, 2018 or 2017? I think it was, I think it was 2018. Okay, so yeah. Um, somewhere around then somewhere i'm not sure <laughs> time flies by i know it's hard to keep track of time it sure but, is yeah so i'll say a prayer and we'll get we'll get into this absolutely all right dear god please be with nicholas and i as we do this interview please give us the words to speak that'll bring glory to your name and that will speak to others about your goodness and your grace and please just just be with us as we do this amen all right so why don't you tell everybody where you're from all right, I'm from Blue Ridge, Georgia, just in the southeastern part of the United States. Yeah, so quite a ways from me over here in Idaho. <laughs> yes. I know. If we yes, had, quite a ways. Yeah, um, if we hadn't gone to Mongolia together, we probably would have never met. <laughs> no, which is crazy to think that we met on the other side of the world. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. We didn't right. know each but other before we went or anything. No, but English people... English-speaking people tend to stand out over there yeah. more than they would over here. So I know. I remember because I got in Mongolia before Nicholas, and I was so excited that he was showing up so that somebody would speak English to me. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way I found my way into the airport. I saw, I saw someone with blonde hair, and I was like, that must be, <laughs> that must be Kylie. So. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing you. You're like this tall guy with a big backpack. I'm like, that's probably him. <laughs> Man, that's been yes. forever. Wow. All right. So, yeah. Um, also share about your religious background. So you grew up in the church? Yes, I grew up in a Christian home, mm -hmm. and I was raised by um, parents who had been Christian for all of my life. They were both, they were both converts, though. Um, my mom had kind of come, come to the Lord uh, when she was in uh, middle school, kind of with her whole family. Okay. But my dad, uh, apart from his family, studied the Bible when he was in high school and oh, was wow. then baptized. So, but for all of my life, I've been raised in the church. Yeah. And that's pretty awesome. All right. Yes, it, it's been a real blessing. Yeah. I think it's such a blessing to be like raised in a Christian home. Like I interviewed my mom a couple of weeks ago and like, she didn't, she wasn't raised in a Christian home and just like hearing about that. I like remembered like how blessed we are. Like, Oh wow. I didn't right. have to experience all those things. Right. No, and that is a big blessing. It is. All right, so we can jump into your story, kind of your testimony. So, like, it's been a long time since I've heard it, so you can just kind of jump in wherever you want. <laughs> All right, sounds good. So, you know, being raised in a Christian home obviously has a lot of advantages, um, but it does come with a few disadvantages as well. And namely, you take a lot of the truths that you kind of grew up with sometimes for granted for sure and um it's very easy to be in the state described in the bible where you have the form of godliness but you deny the power mm. within that because the power isn't necessarily what drew you to the religion it was your upbringing yeah exactly so you're kind of raised you're kind of raised in the form but without having having the power and that's where i really kind of found myself um in a, most of my younger years especially as i started becoming a teenager and kind of facing 
the decision of whether this was going to be, you know, my religion or just my parents' religion. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I really faced is I had this form, um, but I did not have any power. But I always knew that I, deep down, I, I wanted to be in, in the church. I wanted to have a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. But I, I think I was so used to, you know, having this form that I tried to do it kind of on my own. Yeah. And that, that did not go well. Yeah. I think that's kind of like growing up in a Christian home. Sometimes we don't always realize that we can't do it without God. Cause like our parents, you know, right. they both realize like, you know, without God, we can't do, we can't live these good lives, but like right. for us, you know, it but, kind of, but since you've known it all your life, it doesn't always register. Exactly. Right. So where I found this kind of leading me was it really led me into a lot of the, I guess, allurements of just media. Um, like I'd watch tons of movies, listen to worldly music that I, I knew wasn't really, you know, saying things that God would want to hear or mm -hmm. that a Christian should be listening to. And um, I began to kind of live a double life and really hide this from my 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 parents and my family and my friends and it really began to uh, make me deceitful mm, yeah. and um, that kind of led into me you know kind of just going off on my own a lot and it really really kind of at first seemed to me like it wasn't anything evil yeah right like what's wrong with it was would always be my kind of justification. But in reality, it wasn't so much what was wrong with it as much as what wasn't right with it. Yeah, that's a good point. And right. And that was what really, it was kind of an imp imperceptible change away from the principles I'd grown up with in my childhood and kind of, almost imperceptibly I changed and became this other person mm -hmm. and after a while I could really see the effects on on my life yeah and that can it be began, kind of like scary like as we look at ourselves like oh wow yes. I'm not who I like was yes. or who I thought I was right but it took so long for it to become unsatisfying and for me to realize where I was actually going because at first it seemed so so attractive and you know, it was a fun way to spend time. It was a, or a fun way to waste time. Yeah. Because, like, novel and, like, new things is always, like, like, oh, I don't know anything about it. And so, like, to learn about it and, like, experience something new, you're like, oh, this is so cool. Right. And so, eventually, the novelty wore off, and I became very unsatisfied. And I knew I was, you know, wasting time. I was kind of, you know losing friends because I couldn't really be honest with them and the things that I would do with them were no longer the things I really wanted to do because, you know, they were wanting to do all these things I that were, you know, good and useful. And I was wanting to, you know, sit in a room by myself and just waste my life. Yeah. And so like part of that was you were playing video games and said stuff like, I think that's what I remember. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I became, I would probably, well, I'll just, I'll just tell you this real quick. I would either, I would either, you know, between, between games, movies, music, whatever, 
I would probably spend about eight to nine hours every day. Oh my goodness. Yes. Wow. It became, it became that much of a, of a thing in my life. And I was doing online school. So I'd, I'd mute the teacher yeah. and just do whatever. Oh, wow. And this, this became a huge problem. I mean, yeah. as you can see. Yeah. Right. And it just became worse and worse. And then finally, when I would kind of withdraw from that, it felt like my whole life was gone because this was basically my life. Yeah. Cause you're spending like, like you're saying like 90% of your waking hours or something like that. Right. In this. So that did not last, that did not last very long. I eventually um, went to a school in Canada and while I was there, I really found that I was able, I was able to remove myself from a lot of these distractions from video games, from music and from movies. I was able to get away from that really, mm-hmm. which was a, a huge blessing and I, I started going to school in, in Canada and really found a lot about, about God that really excited me. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's, it'd be easy to think that that would kind of be the end of this whole battle. Yeah. But as I, as I realized, you know, how, how good God was, I saw that God was good and I saw that, you know, his way was better because I was spending time with people who really had a deep relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And I could see that they had a power and a peace and a joy. And so I could see the effects of God working in their life. Yeah. And I realized that that was something that I, I really wanted. That's awesome. But I always, I felt at that point that I would have to, I would have to become better myself before I could come to God Mm. and have this relationship with him. Yeah. Because I felt like all the people who had this relationship were so much better people than I was. Yeah. Yeah. We feel like we have to fix ourselves before we can come to God. So that was kind of the next phase. Um, And, you know, God really bears with us through all this. Yeah. He bared, bore with me so so much through all of this he really led me in a way that even though it took me a long time to grow kind of in this he he eventually brought me to the place where i needed to be and i began to realize that i could not do this on my own mm-hmm. and that i needed to i needed to fully fully surrender to god and let him change me as i was because mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't change myself. I could only, I could only be transformed through Christ's power. Yeah, and that's awesome. Yeah, I think and, we um, often have to come to that place where we're like, I can't do this. Like God has to. Right, right. And when I realized that, that was a real source of peace. When you realize that Isaiah twenty six three says, "I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Thee." Mm. That's and um, you know, speaking, God speaking to us. And it was when I started looking to Christ that I realized that he was the one that was going to keep me in perfect peace. And also, you know, what Christ mentions in John 15, when uh, he talks about um, us being part of the vine, being connected to him, he says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself 
unless yeah. it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Mm. So it's that abiding presence of Christ that transforms us. Yeah, for sure. And that's about where that's about where I was when I went to Mongolia. Okay. And um, kind of started learning a lot about um, the work that Christ had me to do. And uh, I'm, I'm sure you can agree with me here that it was a very interesting experience and not always easy. Yeah, it definitely was not always easy. <laughs> no. And there's many times where we were doing, you know, simple tasks. Like making sandwiches. Very, exactly. <laughs> we like made a lot sandwiches. of sandwiches. I yes. know I made a lot, like before you got yes. there and after you got there. And Oh, yes. And peeling potatoes. Yes. And cutting those noodles ever so thin. I know. And we couldn't, and I don't know about you, but I could never cut their noodles just right. They like, No, <laughs> no. They were experts at it. Yeah. They had a couple years of, ex- of experience as a jump on us. Yeah, they did. And, um, and it was not really what I, I pictured of, of mission work. Yeah. I had always, I had always wanted to do something great for God. As I think a lot of us do, because I remember as growing think, up right. like, with a similar feeling, like hearing the stories about Moses and stuff. And I was like, wow, God, I want to do right. something like that for you. Right. And it reminds me of the Bible verse. It really internalized, you know, where the Bible talks about how, you know, the greatest in the kingdom of heaven are the, are the least on earth. Mm-hmm. So they sacrifice the most. It really taught me what sacrifice really was. It wasn't just sacrificing for something great. It was sacrificing for something small. Yeah. And unless you can sacrifice for something small, you can't make a great sacrifice for something great. And it really taught me that, you know, God doesn't need people who are great. Mm-hmm. He needs people who are good. Yeah, that's true. Because the world's, the world's vision of greatness is not what God uses. That's so true. I mean, God ignored all the thrones in the world he did and sent his son to a manger yeah the cattle trough and he ignored all you know the the greatest you know palaces and raised and had his son raised in nazareth yeah so god uses the the simple things the things that are are not great the things that are are small and that's what he uses. And that was another major learning curve for me. Mm-hmm. And I could see that, you know, I still had so much to learn. And I, I, was st- I still struggled a lot with, you know, a lot of, you know, things with pride. And, you know, sin, even after, after you come to Christ and Christ changes you, we, still, not- we still battle with our, our sinful nature, yeah, our human sure. tendencies. Yeah. Uh, so for many years, and that's something that, you know, I still grow with now. And that experience and this, you know, constant, constant battle too, really highlight, highlighted to me and still highlights to me the, the constant need we have to surrender to Christ. Yeah. To just go where he leads. For even sure. If it's, making sandwiches <laughs> and peeling tomatoes up to potatoes <laughs> halfway across the world. Yeah. And then also just like, since we're talking about Mongolia, if you'd share the story that you were like, I think you'd written it up for Kathy that, and I've shared it since. Oh with yes. About the yes. guy. Uh, when we were at the, 
yeah. the camp. Yeah. There was, there was, um, I think he was a bus driver or no, actually I think he was, he was a manager or something of the venue Yeah, the, that we were at or yeah. right. Something like that. But he was, he was not a Christian and he was not excited about English people coming and kind of spreading our, our doctrines. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the, the, the early time that I was there, I, I hadn't been there for too long. I'd been there for a little bit, but like a week not or something. Too long. Yeah. And so I was <laughs> just been making sandwiches, <laughs> peeling potatoes. And so I, I kind of thought that, you know, what's the real way we can reach out here. And then one of the nights we had to clean up a bunch of trash after serving food. Yeah. It was pretty nasty. It was like, events. It was yeah, like gooey, somebody, yeah, somebody taking the trash bag composted. out and it had like soup or something in the bottom. Yeah. And we was, spilled it, was, it in between the building and the trash. Right. Yeah, it was nasty. And it was, it was strung out all over the gravel. It was. And so we shoveled most of it up. Mm-hmm. But there's a, a lot of it kind of mixed in with the gravel. Yeah. And I just watched and, during this time. I was like, it's not my problem yeah. somebody else. <laughs> right so i i decided well i i came halfway across the world i might as well go and pick this up and um i i don't think that was anything i did naturally of myself mm-hmm. uh, by any means but i think god god used god was able to use me in that moment um to just be willing to pick up the slime off of the gravel and so I did and put in the trash can um someone else brought a a shovel and so I started putting in the shovel and we got it all up and this man was very very impressed that I'd be willing to do this because he thought Americans were very very spoiled which Mm -hmm. we really are we are (laughs) (laughs) but um and he realized that there must, there must be something. And so he said that he wanted to kind of hear more about this. And I believe he came to the rest of the meetings that we had. Oh, wow. And while I don't know where, where that has led him or the others who are witnessing this event, uh, I do know that it's in small moments like those. And we may not even know. I mean, in that instance, the man happened to come and tell me what a difference it had made. Yeah. We don't always know. Um, people won't always come up and tell us no. when we've made a difference this side of heaven. For sure. And yeah. it's really by our example of, of surrender. And but, just just by letting our light shine, by the work that Christ is doing in us, that's the greatest witness. Yeah, it is. It, it's nothing we do of ourselves. I mean, Jesus didn't say, you know, make your light shine. Mm-hmm. He just said, let your light shine. Because when oh. he is in us, there will be light. That's good. That's and good. it's nothing It's nothing we do. We can't conceive some great, great plan or some great work that will change the minds or the hearts of people. Yeah. It's the Holy Spirit and God using us. For sure. That makes the difference. Yeah. That's awesome. I love what you said about, like, we can't make our light shine. We just have to let it shine. Right. Um, and then jumping back a bit, like, I don't know if you wanted to share this. I was pretty sure you'd shared when you were in Mongolia 
because you shared about playing video games and I thought you said something about that leading to almost like demon possession. It, no, it really did. And okay. I think, I think, and I kind of wanted you to share that story kind of like similarly to how you shared it before. Cause right. I thought that's such an awesome story. And it's like something that people like need to hear about today that, you know, like people can still be possessed and that like God. Right. Still people don't realize how, how much Satan really works in this. Mm-hmm. And it, there'd be there'd be some nights after after like a whole day of you know seeing people killed or because video games and movies are are very violent you know yeah they can be you, most of the time or you know it can be very violent or very worldly and and, and most of them in their nature and I would you know after after seeing these things. I would, you know, kind of end my day, and especially in the evenings, I would just, I would feel, I would feel out of control, mm. and I could, I could feel the darkness, I could feel the, um, really Satan's, Satan's angels, uh, demons, really, they were doing their work yeah. in me, and I would, I would have nights where I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I would have like this panic come over me and I would just pace and there was no rest and I would be sick and uh, my parents would come and pray and, you know, try to ask for, you know, God's, God's angels to hold these forces back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, I, I kind of always had this picture of people thrashing on the floor yeah. or you know, because there's running that's... around with wild beards. And that's <laughs> not really what it what it was for me, but it was an incredible darkness that I could feel. Uh huh. And I think for most people, they don't even realize it coming into their life. Because mm, it's for slow. me, it was kind of a a change that became darker and darker. And it wasn't until I came back out that I realized, wow, that's what that was. That was that was Satan's work wow. in in my heart. Mm-hmm. And what we don't realize is really we don't have control in and of ourselves of yeah. our life. We don't. It's God is either working on our life or Satan is. Yeah. We're either going towards heaven or we're walking away from it. Yeah. But there's no staying still. There is no middle ground. And, and so could, like when you were going through all of that, your parents, did they, so obviously they were really seeing there was something wrong. Did they realize like, what was bringing this like darkness into your life or like they did and eventually they really helped work with me to to overcome this and through a lot of prayer and they would sing they would sing uh scripture to me at night and things because it was a real almost physical battle yeah and uh so they they realized this what was bringing this on and they because i could not see in and of myself where i was headed and where i was at yeah you know, because I, I had really, you know, I, I had lost control to the enemy. Mm-hmm. And so they, they were really able to, through their godly influence, they were able to point me back to the truth. Mm. That's awesome. And it was, kind of, it was kind of that coming out of that that really uh, led me eventually, to, you know, to go to school in Canada. Yeah. Because that was kind of a t- continuation of seeking a relationship with God. So yeah. yeah, they were um that was something that I think more people face than we realize. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then I think you also shared, like, as you were coming back out of it, at one point, you said that basically, like, Satan tried to, like, take your life. Like, you almost got hit. If you want to share that story. Yes. And there's been, you know, many times of this, but I was, um, you know, one one time particularly, um, I was crossing a road. And... uh, it was kind of around a blind corner mm-hmm. and a very, very curvy mountain road. And then a car came around and I, I was just in the middle of the road, kind of frozen. Oh, wow. And I felt like I was pushed and I was out of the road oh, and wow. the car had gone by me. And that was another, that was another real miracle where I think, you know, Satan really tries to steal us away uh-huh. when, we, when we come to God. Either yeah. by making us doubt God or by drawing us back to sin or by trying to take our life. Yeah. And but, so, you know, God is good and does prevent that. That's awesome. And so, like you said, you felt like you were pushed, like there wasn't anybody that had pushed you. Or There was no one there. There was no one there. There was no one behind me. Wow. And so, like, that was and, for sure God, like, saving your life. Yes. And there's there's many times where where God has, you know, intervened, whether great or small. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you don't mind, I'll tell you a recent experience that I had. Oh, yeah, I'd love to hear it. Uh, I, was, I was filming uh, for a project that's still ongoing okay. uh, this spring before kind of COVID-19 sprung up. And so our project's been a bit delayed, um, but it's kind of like a devotional uh, video that we were filming. That's cool. And we had been filming in kind of like a grassy field by the ocean with the lighthouse on the edge of the ocean at, at sunset. So, so, you know, it was a beautiful place to, to film. Yeah. And um, while I was there, we were kind of in a hurry to get this done and we were filming all over the place. And then back in the dark, um, we got back to my car and I realized I didn't have my keys. Uh-oh. <laughs> Now, we had driven about four hours to oh, get goodness. here. Oh, goodness. So it was about eight hours, you know, to get my spare set of keys. Yeah. And it was also in the middle of nowhere. It's on Highway 1 on the coast of California. Oh, wow. Which, uh, for those of you that know, it's, it's out there. Most of the highway is mm-hmm. very out there. So the nearest civilization to us was you know, kind of the outskirts of San Francisco, about two and a half hours away. Okay. So we were really stuck. Yeah. Real, really, really stuck. And so at first, we, I, I kind of started looking for my keys, and I started sending up, you know, prayers while I was looking for my keys. Mm-hmm. It's completely dark, and in a field of grass, it's hard to I mean, this wasn't short grass either. It was tall grass. Yeah, so you can't like necessarily see right. glance over right. the ground. You had to like walk I everywhere. I tried looking in places that we had left. Tried t- calling tow trucks. No tow trucks could come. Oh wow! And I searched for two hours. Oh, and wow. I think God wanted to show me the impossibility mm-hmm. of finding these keys. Because then when, once I had given up, I, I just sat down on a bench that was there in this huge field of grass. 
and I prayed on this, on this bench. I said, mm-hmm. Lord, help me to find my keys. And I, I was, I had to be persistent in this. And I, I was really like, yeah, we need, you know, this is your project and I, I need to find my keys. And I, I felt impressed to go straight towards the lighthouse all the way to the edge of the ocean. Uh-huh. And um, the edge was kind of like a, a, not a cliff, but a very steep bank off into the ocean. Okay. And um, where, near where the lighthouse was. And so I was kind of doubtful because I was like, I wasn't even over there. Oh, wow. And, and I had looked there twice, even though I hadn't been over there. Yeah, so you're like, well. You this- know, I had looked everywhere. I was like, no, I had looked there twice. I had, you know, I wasn't even over there. I had kind of filmed more back in, in the grass because we were kind of filming out towards the ocean. We were on the edge of the ocean. Yeah. So I, but I went and I still kind of looked down on my way there because I was like, Maybe I'm kind of not reading this impression right. Maybe God's just wanting me to head there, and on my way, I'll find it. Oh, okay. So I was kind of half believing. Yeah. You know. You're like, well, I'll try it out. (laughs) God bore with me, and and uh, but as I I, my faith dwindled a bit as I drew closer, because I still hadn't found it, and I reached, and it wasn't easy either, because. I, going just in a straight line, I had to wade through. There's like some brush and mm-hmm. some thorn bushes and a little oh. bit of like swampiness. Oh, yeah. Actually. So it wasn't just like a clear path to the lighthouse. Uh huh. So I really, in order to kind of maintain my bearing, I really had to struggle. Yeah. And uh, I eventually reached the edge of the ocean. And right there, directly on that line, sat my keys. Oh, wow. Right there. Right and there. I had distinctly remembered looking in that spot, and they oh, had wow. not been there. Oh, my goodness. But they were, they were right there. That's so awesome. And the reason I love this story is because it really reminds me of my testimony, and I think the testimony of so many others. We try to accomplish something, the work of redemption in our lives, ourselves. Yeah. For so long. And I think God almost allows us to have some time to realize how impossible it is. Yeah. So that when he accomplishes it for us, we realize his power. Yeah. That's such a good point. And it's not always easy either. It's not like God does all the work for us because when we maintain that straight bearing, we'll have to go through brush Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of muck and thorns so there's there's some difficulty to it but ultimately he's the one who who leads us and we realize that through his power it is possible salvation is possible in his hands there is there's much power and it has been so much better to you know have the form of godliness but only through his power not denying his power to mm. to live in his power. That's so awesome. It may be short, but I do hope it. No, I think it's been good. It does kind of portray um, the work that God's done uh, in my life. Yeah, and that God is 
that God is real and that he is good. I'm not yeah. sure if I got the, the order correct on that, but no, both are very, <laughs> very true. You got it. He is very, very real, and very present in our lives, and he is very good. Yeah. All right, he well, thank you. He wants to give us these things. Yeah, I guess we can wrap up then, but thank you so much for yeah. doing this. I really appreciate oh, absolutely. it. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Everybody just remember God is good. God is real. Have a good week. Bye.